Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Inside the Game of Politics with Pat McCrory is presented by Felix Savatis Mercedes-Benz of South Charlotte, Charlotte's premier Mercedes-Benz dealer and the Carolinas' number one volume sales leader. Over 300 new and 200 pre-owned vehicles always available. Visit mbcharlotte.com. As a governor, mayor, businessman, I know the game been played by the game and now we are exposing the game for you this is inside the game of politics with pat mcrory well it's great to have bill graham on our show bill graham is a partner with the national law firm of wallace and graham he is a former prosecutor and has served on the north carolina rules review commission as a member of the north carolina bar association and also formerly served as the secretary of the cabarrus county board of elections Bill, as a, as a major litigator in legal circles, not only across North Carolina, but across the nation, has become an expert, especially in litigation regarding environmental harm toward individuals and their families. Bill also was known as a candidate for governor in 2008. And guess who his opponent was in the Republican primary? Pat McCrory, yours truly. We were friends before the election, and we stayed friends after the election, which showed the best of politics. In fact, after I won the 2012 gubernatorial campaign, I asked Bill to serve as a member of the North Carolina Economic Development Board, where Bill helped recruit businesses for the state of North Carolina. Bill, welcome to Inside the Game of Politics with Pat McCrory. You've been in a lot of politics. You've been in law You've been in business. You've got a varied background, and I'm looking forward to hearing what your answer is to one question. Okay. Can you give me an example that you've encountered or been a part of or that observed of the good, the bad, and the ugly of politics? Let's first start out with the good. Yeah, it's a dynamic question. Um, the good of it is is the amount of change that you can bring about for the good of the public and i think you get into politics i think you got into politics i got into politics because you wanted to do good you want to do the right thing uh for the public um you wanted public service to be able to achieve something to make a difference uh and i think that's a lot of young people get into politics because they want to make a difference uh but that desire to make a difference sometimes needs to be tempered with some experience and some life experience and a lot of these young folks that are in politics i admire their passion uh that is a fantastic thing but it has to be channeled and it has to be uh coached a little bit about how do you actually get things done and it can't be all your way or the highway so when you think about the good in politics whether it be in law whether it be in government what what stands out that you've observed or been a part of um, I'll go back to the thing that sort of was the precursor for me to get into the, uh, the governor's race, um, that <laughs> as we all know, you won, <laughs> <laughs> but we're still friends. Yeah, we're still friends. We're, we were friends the whole time. That's right. We were the whole friends. Uh, so, um, after the hurricane Katrina gas prices went up and, and the taxes went up on our gasoline here in North Carolina, just crazy. Uh, and it was hurting the average 
member of the driving public. And I said, this is ridiculous. Somebody's got to do something about it. Rather than just sit around and say someone's got to do something about it, I did something about it. And in, in our great country, anyone with the ways and means, either through help of their neighbors or their friends, can launch a campaign to right a wrong. And we were able to do that. And, and at the time, you recall, Mike Easley was, was governor. Of North Carolina. Of North Carolina. Um, Jim Black was Speaker of the House, uh, opposite sides of the political spectrum than, than you and I. And we, we won. We won. And I had the public support, and it was the most gratifying thing to, to, to be able to say, um, the system works. If, if you can do it the right way, the system works, and it always works if you do it the right way. Um, so you started without being in political office, right? A campaign, a grassroots campaign, and a public campaign to ensure that gas prices wouldn't go up so much after Hurricane Katrina, which impacted many of the refineries down in Texas and New Orleans and that area, which raised the gas prices up and down the East Coast. You said to yourself, "Wait a minute, these gas prices keep getting so high." Uh, a lot of middle class and poor people and our products and goods will go up in prices. Yeah, the tax was pegged to the barrel price right. uh, of, of oil. And um, just to, for the average construction worker to get back and forth to work, I mean, you'll recall the gas prices just went through the roof. Right. And this is a situation where government had an opportunity to do the right thing. They didn't. I created public pressure. We created public pressure for them to do the right, right thing. Gas was going over four dollars a Absolutely. gallon, where it's now dollar ninety nine for regular. And and that was we were able to correct that problem just through simple public pressure and the voice of the people. And that was so gratifying to be able to get that done. And it it, it was I think it's the largest tax relief grassroots in the history of the state. And I, I was so proud of it. And, and I got into the governor's race. People were encouraged me to get in and, and say, well, if you can do that, maybe you can do some other things. And, um, you know, I didn't win. You won. You had the experience. Uh, as yeah, a, but I lost then later on. Yeah, well. Just for the audience, uh, this was uh, 2008. <laughs> yeah. Republican primary, Pat McCrory, Bill Graham, Bob Orr, and Fred Smith Fred all Smith. ran against each other. And just for the audience's sake, we're all good friends. And yes. we all communicate because we live through a certain hell together on the good, the bad, and the ugly of politics. We saw it all. Yeah, I mean, behind the scenes, um, it's, um, you asked me the question, what's the, what's the ugly of it? it? The money is the ugly of it. It's just, it's just ugly. Tell, you, me, you give me, to, tell me about the I money. Mean, yeah, you and I were both in the same campaign together. Right. You also have, you're, you're a successful business person. You're a very successful lawyer. You have money, but you still say the money was just ugly in politics. Why? And give me an example. Well, there's this compulsion to hire consultants and compulsion to hire media people and compulsion to hire uh, staff to, to, to handle mail and outreach and the internet and your website and to do all these things. It's basically a startup company. And you're having all these consultants tell you what you ought to be doing. And in order to be able to do that, you have to feed. They don't work for free. So you have to raise the money to pay them so they can tell you what you ought to be doing. And so it, it turns into a thing about money. 
in a startup. Did you feel used? After, I did. Yeah, after the project, <laughs> going into it, uh, I mean, you had more experience going in than I did in terms of the 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 pure candidacy in the election cycle. That was my first go round, and I thought, wait a minute. Uh, we're just chasing the dollar here for these guys that are trying to tell you what to do. And and, and every time we had an event, right? Remember right. The, all the debates we had, right, television right. and radio right, and right. interviews, and you're always talking to a reporter and everything, and they say, um, um, okay, you need to say this and you need to say that and don't say this and don't say that. And they would give you a script, and I don't know how your team did it. Uh, you Ultimately, you had some of my team on your campaign, which right. – not taking credit for it, but anyway, they're they're very good people. But um, they'd say, "No, you say it this way, or say it, stay on your talking points." And I would just take that stuff and I'd throw it in the can or put too. it in my pocket. I said, "I know what I think, and I don't need you to tell me what I think. And if the folks don't like what I say, well, then they need to vote for McCrory or somebody else." Well, tell us about the ugly game of raising money. Which I, I just, I hate it. You know, I've run for mayor seven times. I ran for governor three times, won once. And every time. In baseball, that's a great average. Yeah, in baseball, that's a good average. In politics, it's, maybe, get you in the Hall it's of Fame better in than Abraham Lincoln, but, you know. <laughs> it is. Um, but the ugly of money, kind of tell the audience what it's like raising money. I always have felt like I had to take a shower. And am I giving the impression of a quid pro quo if you... Give me money, will I well, do something? Well, here, here, here's, here's the way it goes. Okay. The consultant tells you, hey, uh, we're behind raising money with this other op- opponent. The consultant this- that needs the money raised it, to pay them. Right. right. So the consultant says, hey, you need to go raise, uh, and I'll just make up a number, $10,000 today. Right. And here's a list of people you need to call, and you need to raise $10,000 today. And if you don't, then we're going to be behind this other candidate. Right. We can't run certain advertisements. We can't do a mail yeah. at, and my salary can't be paid. Correct. <laughs> so you're you're on the phone raising money, um, and or, or or writing checks, and you spend most of your time doing that or worrying about doing that rather than talking to constituents or talking to people with problems or trying to develop a policy position that is actually going to solve something and move the ball forward and down the field. You're over here raising money. So the ugly of it all is around the dollar. Yeah. It it is just and when you get into the federal level, it's worse. And I don't know where it stops. I don't know where the end is. Did, when you raised money for your governor's campaign, did you ever feel like someone's asking for a quid pro quo when they wrote you a check or they felt like they owned you now? It would it would happen to me maybe ten percent of the time. I, I didn't. Um I, I said uh, to him, I said, look, and you, no matter if you give me a, a dime, a dollar, or whatever, you, here's my phone number. Call me anytime. Right. If you don't give me a nickel, call me anytime. And I didn't feel like I, I owed a better allegiance. Did anyone have a litmus test on you? Like, where do you stand on this issue? And if I agree with you, I'll give you a check? I don't recall a conversation like that. Was there an unwritten code that you kind of knew it, though? Yeah. Yeah, there was some people, uh, you'd be prepped and you'd say, hey, um, they're really strong on this particular donor. They're really strong on this or that and the other issue, and, and you need to 
you need to say the right things in order to get the donation. Or they won't give it to you. Or they won't give it to you. And they'll give it to your opponent. Sure. Who promised them everything. Who knows, you know? And that is exactly what happens. You talked about the good of politics. You talked about the ugly of politics. I guess there's a little less phrase of the ugly. What's the bad of politics? And what is there a specific encounter that you had about the bad of politics? The bad for me was, and you've encountered this, uh, I've encountered it, almost every candidate that's run for office, is when you have people, and particularly it's worse now than it ever has been with the Facebook, Twitter, and the Internet, is when people say stuff about you and your family. Mm. The, the, the family thing, mm. I don't, I mean, I've had a lot of bad things said about me in, in my life, and I've kind of gotten used to it. Mm-hmm. It kind of rolls off. But when they start bringing in your family, your children, your wife, um, it's personal. It's it, that that gets personal, and uh, so hold it. You don't know me, and you don't know my family. And that happened to you, yeah. In your governor's race, yeah. Or well, who was doing that? Uh, the other side, and and you experienced this. I had people following me around, recording everything I said, everything I did. We call them trollers. Yeah. And if I didn't say something or do something that they thought was troll-worthy, uh, you know, they just pick on the family. And, uh, you know, I called a couple people out privately about it. I said, look, I don't even care if you make up stuff about me. You leave my children, you leave my wife out of this. Um, and, and, if you, and if you don't stop it, I'm going to take action against you. Do you think it went beyond just trolling? Trolling, by the way, for the audience, there's people with microphones and cameras following candidates around to try to get them to say something inappropriately. It might be during a press conference where the troller will ask a crazy question. You respond to it. Next thing you know, it's on the news or it's on the blogs or it's on Facebook. Or they'll have someone who inappropriately comes up to you and says something inappropriately. And if you don't respond, likewise, it becomes news that you didn't respond in a politically correct way to this nut person who said something, maybe it made a inappropriate comment, which I might just walk away from as opposed to going, that's wrong. And they're trying to set you up for failure. Absolutely. Yeah, they're, they're trying to make news, make a point, uh, show you in a bad light, uh, catch you on a weak moment. You have to understand when you're a political candidate, when the sun comes up or you get up, you have to be on. Right. All the time. No matter how many hours you've ridden doesn't in the car. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if you've had a bad day. Doesn't matter if your tooth hurts. It doesn't matter if you feel bad. You have to be on. And you have to be sharp. You have to be entertaining. You have to be uh, as attractive as you can because of television. Right. Um, Not just the women either. The men too. Oh, uh, Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, what's the old saying? Um uh, uh, Washington is um, Hollywood for ugly people. Uh, so uh, it, it, people are attracted to things that are attractive. And if you are putting someone in a negative light, they become less attractive. They're less sellable. They're of less a, an attractive commodity. And that's what political animals are. But the bad in politics, you talked about the trollers. There's more than trollers. When you decide to run, I assume you had opposition research groups against both you and me. You and I were running against each other along with three other people in the race for the Republican primary. Mm-hmm. 
someone was investigating all of us. Mm-hmm. I didn't know if there were other Republicans or other Democrats or a combination of both, but it's more than just trolling. What else are they doing to candidates like you and me, uh, including up to including private investigators? And this is where your family gets involved. Yeah, I mean, they. Uh, when I was uh, you know, thinking about it, somebody was starting to criticize the car that I drove. Wow. Um, you know, we, your car is not a certain amount of an American-made product, and somebody's going to criticize you for that. You have to live your life. Yeah. I mean, someone is going to I had come. the same thing. Someone said, Pat, you got to get into an American car. Right. Um, and I said, but I own a Honda. <laughs> yeah. And, and it was just, made in Tennessee, though. Does that count? Yeah, Maryville. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, you just have to live your life. You have to, this is who I am. Uh, take me or leave me. I want to do the right thing by you. Um, your political I'll, advisor will tell you to get an American car while they drive the biggest Mercedes possible. Right. Because of the money you're paying them. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's, it's, um, it's just a lot of chasing the money, and you, and, and it's a, a it, that's the ugly part of it. How was, uh, how did your family? But the res- good always. How did your family? You told me about the bad part. Your family messing with your family, and we're going to end it with the good in a minute because you brought up something that I'm not going to let go. Okay. The the good and the the bad the ugly was money money the bad is messing with your family and I think they're probably equal but. How did your family respond to the attacks against you? Uh, I only found about out about this after the whole thing was over. It bothered my my kids worse than it bothered my wife, and wow. they didn't really express it. Uh, my wife just gets mad, and um, and then she stews on it a while, and then she gets over it. But my kids kind of internalized it. They were younger, and so they didn't really understand or appreciate what what all was going on, but they look back on it now and say, wow, you know, what was that all about? And I just said, that's politics. And, and, um, that's the ugly side of it or the bad side of it is people will say things about you is a good life lesson for them. People will say bad things about you and they don't even know you. Yeah. And, and they don't understand that. Um, I don't understand it either, but it, for some people it's sport, which is really, really unfortunate. Um, and I wish it weren't that way, but I think it's always been that way. And I think to a certain extent, it'll all be, always be that way. I want to end on a positive note, the good. We went through a tough came, campaign together. You, mm-hmm. Both of us committed our life and family and jobs and finances to trying to run for governor. I happened to win the primary, and then I lost that first try for governor. And you were devastated. I know the family was devastated after you lost the primary. I was devastated after I lost the general election. But at the end, there was some good that you, myself, Bob Orr, and um, Fred Smith, Fred Smith, which is rare in politics, continued talking to each other and shared. We we kind of were in a fraternity together. Yeah, I mean, I I talked to Bob a couple of weeks ago. Um, I always ask about Fred when I know uh, you know someone's maybe have talked to him. Uh, you know, you go through an experience like that during your life and. Um, you don't wish anyone, you, well, at least I didn't. And, yeah. you know, when you won, I called and congratulated you. Yeah. I know Fred wanted it really, really bad. Yeah. Uh, but the, the, the prize here is not the office. It's the ability to make positive change on behalf of your fellow citizens. That's the prize. That's the thing that you strive for. It's not your personal um, 
aggrandizement. Um, I hope I said that okay. Uh, but um, it, the ability to be able to make the difference for your neighbor is one of the greatest opportunities you'll ever have in your life. And that's why you seek the office. That's why you do what you do, to make uh, health care more affordable, to make cleaner water, cleaner air, an opportunity to go to a good school, to get a great education. Um, we're not guaranteed success, but we at least should reinforce the guarantee for the opportunity to hope to achieve the success. One funny thing as we end this broadcast is the good in politics was I was out on, we'd go to functions, we'd drive three or four hours apart, show up at the same function, there'd be 10 people in the mm-hmm. audience. Right. We'd have us and all our campaign advisors. We're all looking at each other, and then we have to listen to each other give our speeches. I could have given your speech, and you could have given mine. Yep. <laughs> it got to be pretty habit-forming. <laughs> I still remember one thing that Fred, you probably remember this too, Fred would say, uh, if you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. <laughs> 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 and I, I remember that to this day because he would say it over and over and over and over again. And um, I'd be in the back with your campaign team <laughs> while you're giving your speech, and I'd be writing down the next sentence. Right, and we'd right. be batting when we'd get to, and you all would be doing it to me. And, and, you're, and that's you're, the good. Yeah, yeah. And your staff says, "Oh, you, you stayed on point. Good boy. <laughs> it's like a dog, you know." Patting the dog's head. Oh, you, you did a good you're, job. You're the same Michael Jordan joke or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, Pat would always say, um, <laughs> you know what? I called traveling on Michael Jordan. Yeah. You know why I called traveling on Michael Jordan? Because he traveled. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm willing to make the tough decisions yeah, as yeah. governor. That's what a leader does. He calls traveling yeah, on Michael yeah. Jordan. Well. And, I, and the first time I heard that, I, I turned to um, – <laughs> one of the staff members that eventually went to work for you. Yeah. And I said, hey, did he really call traveling on Jordan? <laughs> <laughs> and the staffer said, I don't know. It sounds good, though. <laughs> I did. And Jordan's reminded me of it. Yep. And says, in fact, says you weren't worth a damn as a referee <laughs> 30 years later. Well, it's good to end with a laugh because yeah. there are good parts of politics, but there are Absolutely. ugly and bad. And Bill Graham, it's an honor to have you. Great to be with you, and uh, have a good week. Thanks for listening to Inside the Game of Politics with Pat McCrory. To contact the show, email Show at WPT.com. You can hear more from Pat every weekday morning from 8 to 10 on News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WPT or at WPT on Radio.com. Monday, it's a new episode of All Rise, the legal drama where one judge is shaking up the system. When I take the bench, I'm taking a vow to fight for justice. One case at a time. Your Honor, we're going to trial. Simone Misick is Judge Lola Carmichael. Up on that bench. Everything is different. A new episode of All Rise. Freedom is at stake. It's important. Followed by a new episode of Bull, Monday at 9, 8 central on CBS.